1: We have author Farah Ali on the call here tonight. I really appreciate your time, Farah. But before we get things started, I always like to give everybody your contact information because I know there's a quite a bit of content there, as well as a, as a great offer regarding your book and and some additional bonuses there. So go over to Farah Ali, and that's f A-R-R-A-H-A-L-I.org. But um and you're going to find her book and her book is going to say a lot and we're going to start things off with your title of your book actually it's called the diaries of a of a female real estate investor learn how a single mom went from 80,000 in debt to a multi-million dollar portfolio and that was done in a pretty short amount of time i mean you've been in real estate since 2014 and to have that type of turnaround, being a single mom, and I understand multiple jobs. A lot of people would even struggle finding the time to add real estate to this. How did you? How did you get to that decision point where you had to? You had to jump in.
2: Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, so yeah, to try to jump it, you know, just jumping into how I got in. Um, The decision point for that was based off of a situation that I was in. I had uh, just gone through a separation and um, I had to leave with basically nothing based on the situation. So I kind of just walked out into an empty home uh, with no furniture or anything with my two kids. And I had to figure out how am I going to start from nothing and build myself up. And I already knew that I wasn't going to get any financial support for the kids because Uh, My ex wasn't working at the time. So, you know, I walk in and I'm like, okay, well, uh, the one thing I did have was I had a full-time job. So I had a stable job, but it was just enough for the day-to-day income, you know, the the day-to-day expenses that come in. Right. So I'm like, I know I'm going to need more. Uh, So what I did was I started, you know, the first thing I did was which any, you know, person that's in corporate or, you know, kind of gotten an education would do and that's like let me go back and get my MBA because in my mind I thought when you go back and get your MBA that you're going to get paid this loads of money Um, and then when that did happen and I graduated um, from my MBA and I let my uh, you know work know they were all happy and all that but you know what's the most they're going to give you 10, 15, 20 percent. Uh, so when I saw those paychecks and after the taxes, um, on, were taken away on there, I'm like, well, this is great, but this is only covers a couple of my kids activities. I want to put them in. Mm -hmm. So then I went back to the drawing board and I was like, okay, how, you know, how can I get the kind of wealth that I'm looking for? So after researching online, um, everything kind of led to real estate investing And I, uh, you know, I did a little bit of stocks research and all of that, but everything like the most safest form of investing from my research was real estate. So I decided to jump into real estate investing at that point.
1: Sure. Well, you know, you, you just brought up, you just got out of school, you've got your MBA. I'm sure there's a lot of school debt. You're trying to support two kids. Uh, your income doesn't sound like it was ideal for, for the situation, where did you find that initial money to, to get started?
2: Well, what I did was I ended up going to a meetup. So one of these three meetings with uh, real estate investors in the area. And from there, that led me to a seminar that I took. It was a three-day seminar, and it absolutely blew my mind uh, because the knowledge that I was getting and the support that I saw that this group had, I was like, okay, this is something that I want to do. Now, these seminars initially are, you know, not that expensive. You know, they're usually between a couple hundred dollars. But if you want additional coaching from that point, you know, it's a lot of money. It's in the double digits, uh, you know, thousands of dollars. So um, but the one thing they they did tell me was that this specific group that I was working with had a lot of private money lenders and that, mm-hmm. that they would actually lend 100 percent purchase and 100 percent rehab which really got my attention because I didn't have any, I mean, I didn't have a savings at all. Okay. So that kind of like, you know, like this is something that I think I could do as long as I find the right deal, the numbers just had to work. So I had to find a property where I knew that the purchase price and the rehab. Um, once I had that, it would appraise it enough so that I could have when I refinance it, that it would pay the lender off completely. So I had to be very selective and careful and scrutinize my deals before I actually did them. Um, but the, as far as the, the money for the course, I mean, for me personally, I just, um, I had a 0% credit card at the time that I got and it was 0% for a year. So I put the whole thing on my credit card, um, knowing that I don't care what I did. I was going to make something happen while I was in class. So it was just more like of a mindset and also a little bit about knowing who you are as a person. I know for me personally, when I'm under pressure, I perform. You know, whereas if I don't have a law on my plate that day, you know, I'll, I'll sleep in or, you know, it can get a little bit lazy. But if I know I have a booked schedule, I'll go out there and perform. So knowing that, I knew I would put myself in a very tight situation where I would have to pay off all that money in a year. But you know what? It happened before a year. And it's just about kind of knowing yourself and going forward and making that move.
1: Sure. Yeah. So it, it sounds like you uh, don't spend a lot of time, uh, well, it, what, what's always great to hear is when you learn something and it blows your mind like that, you got over whatever fear and, and took some immediate action. Uh, that seems to be the case with a lot of people that they kind of, there's a lot of analysis paralysis uh-huh. and they don't, they don't take that action. So when you when you got into this seminar and, and you, you saw all this and heard all this, did it almost sound a little too good to be true? Like what were your fears and apprehensions at first?
2: Uh Actually it didn't um because uh, the guys that put this on had their properties all listed out for us to see. So a lot of us, what would they, they did, we did was we just went on Google to see who owned the property and there was hundreds of them. Right. So mm-hmm. I know um that a lot of times like salespeople come out and they, you know, pitch a whole, this whole real estate program. But when you, actually get to know them they really don't have anything but these guys were a little different they were unique and so when i did that research and i did my due diligence um then i realized that you know what this is the real deal and i just you know jumped in
1: sure so you know you've been doing this since 2014 here now how many rental properties do you have what what is how many doors are you I, have up to uh, I have
2: 38. I have 38 rental properties, so 37 single-family homes and one multi-unit.
1: Sure, you've you've uh, accumulated that in pretty quick order. So when you you've been now, you're kind of a mentor to to quite a few people. So what have you been seeing? Then are some of their biggest barriers when they get into the real estate market?
2: Um, I would say the number one biggest barrier um, that I've seen is honestly, it's, it's mindset. It's the way they think. I've noticed that with a lot of people, a lot of people don't believe in their own abilities mm-hmm. and some people don't want to do the work. So people do see me like going out, you know, I, you know, I, I see a property come up on my phone. I'm you know, I pretty much drop everything unless you know that whatever I'm dropping is a priority, but I'm like, okay, this becomes priority. So every day I prioritize differently right? So if I'm, let's just say I'm, um, you know, in the kitchen cooking, and I see a property come up at that point, if it's that good, I'll drop what I'm doing order out, you know, go look at that property and come back and, you know, finish for the next day. So you have to have you have it's mindset and it's action, actually. But um, yeah, I would say a lot of it is, is just believing in yourself really is it and then um, some people don't want to you know, invest in themselves. Now they'll, they'll go out and they'll spend thousands of dollars getting a new purse or clothes or a car, but they don't want to spend that same amount of money investing in themselves by getting a mentor. And and when you get a mentor, you got to get a mentor who has already done it. Like you really need mm-hmm. to dig deep into what they've done. But uh those are they're like decisions that people for some reason they they don't feel like it's worth it. And and maybe it's like I said they don't believe in themselves or they don't want to do the extra the risk and reward or whatever is not there, but um, I'd say mindset is number one. Everything else uh, kind of just falls in place. Really. It does. It's a, it's a a process.
1: Yeah. I I know what you mean. It's I've I've always, and maybe it's something that uh, has come to the forefront of thought, you know, over the past few years, I find it really interesting how we will almost do anything we can to buy the new smartphone or the new television or literally spend hours binge watching a t- show on Netflix, all of that time and money and resources that could be spent on improving oneself. It's uh, it's kind of shocking really when you take yeah, a second.
2: It is. I think it's because of the immediate reward, right? When you go out and buy that nice car, you, you feel, you feel a certain way immediately. Whereas, This is you got to put work in before you can you know before you feel that. But you know what you do is you make it exciting. You you belong you should belong to a part of um, a group or have friends that do this together, and it does make it exciting. You know you got to kind of put yourself in uh, in those situations and and don't see it as work.
1: Yeah, that goes back to being around those five people that you hang out with the most, right? The the concept there is actually usually rings pretty true. You know, you, oh, you yeah. hang around with those people. If you want to be successful, you should probably hang out with those people that are.
2: Yes, it's absolutely 100% true.
1: So when you were getting into this, then and you're, you're essentially building your network and trying to uh, finding those successful people to learn from. Where did you start?
2: Uh, so, yeah, so I, you know, when I joined this um, mentorship program. And there's, you know, 20 to 30 different investors that are learning at the same time. And they're all at different levels. Some people already had, you know, 20 plus properties in their portfolio, and they just wanted to scale up. Um, what attracted them was the fact that they would get 100% financing on purchase and on uh, rehab, because when you don't have that, you you can only use so much of your own money. And then, you know, you you know, then then you're you don't have that that capital to work from. Right. So a lot of seasoned investors were joining that program. Newer investors are all kind of all over the board. And I started hanging out with people and and becoming friends with them. And that's kind of how I built my network. And to this day, I still, you know, am really good friends. I mean, my five closest friends are, you know, besides my sisters and family are, are real estate investors. Sure. And the well, thing is, we all encourage each other, we inspire each other, you know, if somebody gets a deal in the group, we all celebrate, we go, go out to celebrate, and then we just help each other kind of, you know, rise.
1: You know, you you earlier, we talked about that instant gratification, I really have found that that is important. What you just said there is celebrate those milestones and celebrate those wins, it, reward yourself a little bit, and don't let it become a mon, ma, mundane thing. I, you know, eventually people have a tendency, we just kind of get into the routine, we're doing this, this is our, it becomes our job, but we got to recognize those milestones and 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 celebrate them with uh, with our loved ones and friends and what have you.
2: Yes. And the thing is that you have to find the right people to celebrate with, because sometimes even like, sometimes it could be with, you know, family or people you thought were friends and you go to celebrate a milestone and they're not actually happy inside. And so, so you have to know who to, you know, who who's in your corner. That's really, really important. And right. eventually you'll be able to feel that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to jump ship on you here a little bit, change the topic slightly, because I'm curious as to how you're finding your deals, what you're doing here today, and and maybe some strategies and tactics that you're using. But before we do, I want to remind everybody again, farahali.org. For more information, Farah has her book, plus uh, she is a, a coach as well. So there's some coaching opportunities there. So definitely check that out. Uh, but I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. So Farah, when we were, like I mentioned, I kind of gave you a heads up. What are you doing right now? With, with We're kind of hopefully coming out of COVID and these lockdowns. Uh, have you gotten busy? Like what what does the market look like for you? And- What strategies are you using to find the next opportunity?
2: So let me go back and uh, start with the strategies I used to use back in 2014, 2015, 2016, when I first started, Um, I used 80% of the properties that I acquired were MLS deals. Sure. So on the market. And then as I became more experienced, uh, I started finding more off market deals and then, you know, just kind of been scaling up my first year. I did, I was only able to do one property and it was because I guess I'd have to be, I had to be very careful because I did not have capital. So I had to make sure that the purchase and the rehab was, um, you know, it it was a price that it would appraise for, you know, we usually, what we call it is, you know, you've probably heard the birth strategy. So Mm -hmm. you you buy, you purchase, and then you refinance it and then you pay off your lender hundred percent. Right. So I have no money invested in the deal. That's how I was able to scale up. Um, but yeah, most of my properties were MLS and then I was able to, um, acquire some off market deals. And then during COVID, so lately, you know, the market's been crazy, right? Since COVID hit, everybody's paying 10,000, 15, $20,000 over this price. So, mm-hmm. um, I, what I've done is I kind of straight changed my strategy and have gone more, um, off market deals. Uh, I did actually get to deals off the MLS recently, like four or five months ago. And I just um, in the process of flipping those, I just closed on one yesterday. I'm closing on one another and next week as well. So you can still find them on the MLS. You just have to make sure that you have different strategies you use to, to acquire those. Um, and then uh, what I've been doing is I've kind of been out there more. Uh, so people know that I'm an investor. So lately I've been a- attracting over the past couple of years, more wholesalers. So wholesalers are coming to me because they know I buy cash and giving me, you know, offering me their properties. And once I work with the wholesaler um, and they know how easy I am to work with, you know, we we buy cash, all of that. um, They they keep bringing me deals. So that's how I'm able to uh, continue doing deals. So prior to COVID, I had about 25 rentals and now I'm at 38. So I've been able to do like 12 properties in in the span of a year, year and a half. So it hasn't slowed down for me at all.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. That's that's awesome. But we got to back up for a second. I've, yes. I've been told, and most people, like when they get first into real estate investing, we've been told time and time again, there's no deals to be found on the MLS. Oh, there
2: absolutely are deals to be found on the MLS. I would say 70% of all my 38 deals are found on the MLS.
1: So when you look at those MLS opportunities, like what, what are you looking for? And in the end, what, what are your winning strategies to, to get your offers accepted through the MLS?
2: So I kind of, I work backwards. So I look for the first thing I do when I look at a property is what are the comps, right? To see what the ARV is. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is uh, I'm at to the, I'm to the point right now where I can just look at some pictures right online and guesstimate what a rehab is going to be. Uh, so I'll do that. I'll figure out the rehab through the question, through the through the pictures, and then I'll immediately like a strategy I use is that I act fast. So I immediately, um, you know, contact the agent and you know um, see that I, see if I can put in an offer. If I can put in an offer without looking at it, I will. Um, if I can't. I'll go make a trip out there and take a look at it. Every agent is different, so you can't really say. But you got to try all strategies. Mm. Um, you'll be surprised to see how many deals I've gotten just because I'm, you know, the first one. Because some of these people are like, you know, as long as I get a good price, I don't want to be showing the property for days and days. And you know, so um, as long as they know from the seller what what they're okay with. Um, so that's kind of a strategy that, that I use uh, to get. Also, sometimes so then what I do is once I get under, uh, let's just say I didn't look at it, and I got it under contract, I'll immediately go take a look at it, take my contractor, or you could take an inspector, whoever, and just make sure that the rehab estimate you had is in line with what it is, and that there's no foundation issues or anything, you know, that, that, because you do have five days of attorney approval period, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, at that point to cancel. So I'll do every all my due diligence in those five days. But at least I have it under contract. And and if I do pay for an inspection report, it's something that's worth it because it's under contract. Sometimes people try to bring an inspector before they have it under contract, and that can get very, very expensive.
1: Right. No, and and then, you know, I I've always found it interesting that I've run into quite a few people that go through the work of they find the property, they go take a look at it, they spend all this time, they might even bring bring a general contractor or something with. And then decide not to submit the offer because it's it's uh, they're going to have to ask for to buy it for a lot less than what what's being asked or something. Um, I've been surprised how many times an off, um, an offer of ours would be will be accepted just because we we put it in writing. So if you if you put all that time and effort into it, you're it's it's your best interest to at least put it out there don't oh, don't yeah. uh, negotiate it, it, against yourself. I mean, right. Just,
2: it doesn't hurt to put in an offer. Just don't put in crazy offers where the agent looks like at you like you're crazy because you never know you know down the road you might have to deal with that agent you know in the future. So be respectable with your offer, but you know, but just do your homework. And you know the first year, I looked at so many deals, and uh, I put in a bunch of offers. And uh, it took me a while to get my second deal. Like, if you read, um, if anyone reads my book, I kind of talk about how you know I, I lucked out on my first deal. I got a property within a month of joining the class, and the second deal it took about nine months. But during those nine months, what I was doing was I didn't realize I was getting frustrated with myself. I'm like, why am I not getting my second property? And what I realized was that during that time, I had got so good at like, you know, going to properties, putting in offers, knowing my numbers, looking at pictures on the internet and figuring that out that by the second property, you know, when I got that after that second property, I just scaled up because all that, you know, they say, what is is that? um, That one book where they talk about the 10,000 hours for you to become an expert at something. I felt like I went through that process and yeah, it was, Frustrating for that time, but now in hindsight, knowing, um, knowing what I know now, it was just a lot of practice that ended up benefiting me in the future.
1: So, so well, like, you don't hit, give
2: you, up when you go through those.
1: Right. But, well, you yeah. hit on my catchphrase here and yeah. I say it like repeatedly, you can either put in the 10,000 hours and become an expert, or you can learn from somebody who's already made that investment. And that's that's what you're doing here. I mean, you're giving a lot of value to everybody regarding this situation i find it amazing that you were you started off in real estate investing and you broke down those mental barriers to climb out of debt and now you have 38 rental properties in what i think is a relatively short amount of time i mean this this has to been be, been very rewarding and and you know i read the introduction to your your book it sounds like you had a great family example when uh, with your grandmother that uh, kind of paved the way, but it's really impacted you mentally and showing such a great example for your kids.
2: Yeah, and so just to let you know about my grandmother, I never met her. She passed before I left. Right uh, before, sorry, before I was born, she passed. But the stories that I would hear, right, and I think right those stories kind of stuck with me growing up.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's absolutely awesome. So you know, with everything you had going on, uh, you know, with just to remind everybody, you're a single mom. You have multiple jobs. It sounds like you were even going to school, getting your MBA, um, getting all this taken care of. You ha- couldn't have done this on your own. Is what? What was the magic of building that team? Uh, the
2: support group that I was a part of. Right when I um, so the um actually my family was out of town uh, all lived out of state so I didn't really have much family support to say so I, my kids when I got separated were seven and nine so when I would you know they're old enough where I could you know put them in the backseat of the car and drive them and take take a look at property so from that angle I didn't have that kind of support as much but as far as a real estate part of it I had a um you know part of the program that I'm a part Part of we have a lot of investors, and we all help each other out. I had the right attorneys. I had the banks that knew exactly uh, what we do, so it wasn't difficult to figure that process out. I would say the the one thing that's probably the most uh, challenging to begin with for investors is getting that first property or second property under contract. Mm-hmm. You know, once you have that under contract. It's just a step-by-step process from there. Yeah, there's gonna be some ups and downs with the rehab here and there, but each time you do it, you'll get better and better and your your rehab estimate will get better um, as you have more experience. So, but you know, just kind of having that that support of the lending being available, all the resources being available. If I needed, you know, electrician or plumber, there was a list in that group of people that we could use. I also use some of my own. Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, giving back, but then also having that, that support really, really helped a lot. I don't think I'd be able to scale up like the way I did if I didn't have that support.
1: Well, when you now that you're doing some of this, are you fix and flipping some of these houses too?
2: Yes, I've actually done a total of six, six flips. Uh, My focus was mainly, you know, rentals. And my, my goal was to have 25 rentals. And then I was just going to pay, do some flips and wholesales to pay them off. I've done about 20 wholesales or so. Um, but I kind of just kept going because some of these deals were so good that I did not want to sell them. So I just kept going. But now my focus is um, I'm actually going to dabble into the, the Florida market it's hmm. near the Tampa area and do some new construction because I think like that's exciting. So I've actually actually have a couple lots under contract right now that I want to build on. And the same support group that I'm a part of, um, we're all going to go down to Florida and kind of, you know, you know, we've been researching the past three to four months and we're going to, you know, start doing new construction there as well. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, the, this is something that I, I I've always found absolutely amazing with real estate investors. It seems like, you know, we, we always joke about the concept that the, you know, the competition, we're always talking about the competition, but in the end, I don't think I run into another professional group that is so supportive of each other. You know, there's, there's always, you're talking about going back to this team, this group, all the, all the time for, for help and resources. It's, it's always amazing what, uh, what can be garnered from, from joining these type of groups and helping each other out.
2: Right. And, and you're absolutely right. That whole competition thing, it doesn't need to be competitive that way. There's plenty of houses for everybody out there, yeah. you know? So it's like, and we've had an, an occasion where we might both be after the same property and I've had people or myself like, you know what, you take this one, you know, I'll get the next one. Like, that's the attitude that we have in this group, which is, which is
1: great because, you know, people, you, people have your back. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we're closing in on half an hour here, but before I let you go, I do have two more questions for you, but before that farahali.org for more information, but I always like to leave people with one actionable item. Like, so if they are getting into real estate investing for the first time, what is the one thing that they should do?
2: Uh, so it depends on your situation. I would say that if you're in a situation where you don't have really any money to play with, anything like that, there's a lot of free um, uh, meetings that are happening um, all over the country, right? And uh, I myself, I'm co-founder of We Win, which is a platform for women to start getting ready into investing. I mean, men are welcome as well. We started it to support women, but a lot of men are like, "Hey, we like what you're doing. Can we get in?" So we've opened it to everybody, but uh, we do free meetings at least once a year, sometimes a couple times a year. I'm also affiliated um, with National REI Invest and they do free meetings at least once a week. They're, they're webinars, they're in person as well. They're in Chicago, however, they do do, do um, once a month in Tampa and then they're virtual as well. So start out with, the, with these free meetings, get yourself comfortable and then take the next step, whether that's getting a mentor or being a part of a support group, or whatever that is, it's all unique to each person's individual case. But if you really, really want to scale up, if you want to start investing, whatever it is, you do. You should invest in yourself. Um, you should get a mentor because it will save you years. And you know how you keep saying, "Well, you know, it's only taken me six, six and a half years to get where I am." Well, it's because of that. It's because I've gotten a mentor, and I don't have to spend, you know. A month on area analysis. I have that, you know, that's been taught to me and how to do that sort of stuff. So, just giving you an example how I can cut down on time.
1: No, that's that's exactly right. And then lastly, is there a question you wished I would have asked you here tonight?
2: Um, I guess maybe like what's next for me, or you know, sure. Um, uh, so you know, I had mentioned that uh, I'm going to go into investing in Florida. Um, but something that I just that I've been working on for the past year, me and one of my really good friends who's also an investor and an attorney as well, uh, we co-founded We Win Foundation. So that's a foundation where we actually reinvest back into the communities that we invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, we do food drives, turkey drives, um, you know, back to school drives, whatever we can do to help in areas that are needed. So I think it's really important to have a you know, it's great to have, you know, earn all this money and be able to do all the things you wanted to do. But I think it's just as important to give back to the community, have that higher purpose to why you do what you do. And that's something that, you know, I that I and my my friend have been doing along with a couple other, other people. So, um, you know, I think that it's good to kind of find out you know, what you're passionate about and what your higher purpose is, whether it's maybe educating people, giving back to the community or whatever that is. But finding that and then, you know, using that as a, uh, you know, like a stepping stone or like, here's what I want to do. And then work your way backwards on how to get there.
1: Because if you
2: can't, you know, if you can't fill yourself, then you won't be able to give to others.
1: Well, I can't ask for a better way to end the show. I I really appreciate your time, Farrah. I hope we can uh, chat again sometime. Again, it's FarrahAli.org, and I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. But uh, like I said, I hope we can chat again sometime.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much again. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.